and uh, welcome to the Skybridge Insights podcast, where we uh, share our strategies for Swedish companies doing business in the U.S. I'm your host, Annette Gustafsson-Gunther, and uh, today our show is about what to expect when setting up and managing a U.S. bank account as a foreign-owned company. And we are joined today by Vicky Pavelainen, who is the uh, Director of Client Accounting and COO of Skybridge Resource Center. And for those of you who don't know or have met Vicky, she's, um, she has 35 years of experience in corporate accounting and banking, where 15 years have been specifically working with Swedish-owned companies. And uh, she is our official banking expert here at Skybridge and the troubleshooter for mm. our clients. Hello. Let's begin with talking a little bit. I'd like to ask you some basic questions. Okay. And so, first of all, what should companies uh, expect when banking in the U.S.? Well, I think compared to Sweden, they should expect the Stone Ages. <laughs> um, I need to have some patience and going to have a lot of manual transactions. So it's not quite as automated, maybe, as they're used to. Uh, and so... What do you need, really, when you're going to open a bank account as a foreign-owned company in the U.S.? Because I understand that's a little different than if you're domestic-owned. Mm-hmm. So to our clients, so to companies, they have, they have to expect that they're going to go through a different process than maybe U.S. colleagues mm-hmm. that they have. A little bit, yes. They do need to bring the legal documents of the corporation and naming the officers. And there needs to be an officer in the bank to open the account. And they're also going to have to prove beneficial ownership. So it's not just the first line ownership, but all the owners, the owner structure of the, of the U.S. company. Now that is rather new, though, correct? Yes, yes that's yeah. right. And, and it's a it's a national banking regulation. They're trying to find out who the ultimate owner is, where the money's coming from. Yes. yes. And this this has been something we've seen on the tax return, but now they've. The government has chosen to move it up front, so they right, figure right. they get that information. So many of our of our clients and others may not have encountered that issue yet, but that is for those that are expecting to open accounts for now and non and forward. Right. That's what yeah, they have to expect. Just the last, just this summer, actually, yeah. two, 2018. Okay, so uh, will can you just walk into any bank? Will any bank uh, open a bank account for a uh, foreign owned corporate? Uh, Entity in the U.S.? Actually, we thought that would be the case until recently or really within the last year. We've seen one that will not open an account for a U.S. company owned by a foreign entity. I guess they just don't want to deal with the hassle. Right. They They said they actually turned down someone about to put a quarter million dollars in the bank and said we don't know the source of the money. Okay. How about the Swedish banks in the U.S.? I mean, would that be a, uh, is that a solution for some? It is an option. You can have a counterpart here in the U.S. of your Swedish bank. Um, there are pros and cons to that. It depends on your business structure here, where your customers are going to be and so forth. You really need to do your research with them to find out what best fits you. There are things that are more difficult than, for them to handle, such as checks, which we still do use often here, and right. customers will pay with. So. So um, how about talking about checks? So can, can't you just elect as a company that we're not going to use checks, we're just going to use mm-hmm. wires and, and uh, tra- transfers? Absolutely not. You cannot elect that you won't use them. Um, Americans are still quite used to using checks, and some will not trust you. You ask for their bank information, and actually some of the states and other government agencies will not accept anything except a check. We, sh- we will have to write some checks. 
So what are the different payment methods here in the U.S.? That So there's checks and then direct payments. And direct payments, we have two kinds that we can do here. One is wire, which is what you would, you would call the payments done in Sweden. And that's a an international system, the wire system. And then within the U.S., you can do an automatic clearing transaction we call an ACH. And um, that would go through a clearinghouse. It's sort of a batch processing where a wire would go directly from account to account. The ACH takes a, a middleman, so to speak, to direct it. And therefore, there's less risk in it. That that can more easily be stopped or pulled back, whereas a wire, is it's very, it's very hard so an ACH is not a bad idea. Then if, if you are not sure, you want to have some time, wire is quicker. Uh, but the ACH, uh, that costs money, correct? Or no, is it no. The wire, the wire cost, is wire what costs money. Hand. And within the U.S., it varies, but you can expect to pay $20 per wire. So for every wire payment, you will pay a fee. Most AC, Most banks don't charge for ACH at all. So and then getting to the other payment method, the check, which you know, <laughs> most of our clients I know will laugh when, when they hear about it. But there are still some uh, good things with uh, having the checks as a payment method, right? Well, the check, although it's not something you would readily discuss, really, but the check does take a little while. You must send it through the mail. And the recipient then has to deposit it with their bank. And it does take a few days, maybe even a week. To, for the money to come out of your account. So if there ever were a problem, it, it's not an instant release of funds from your account. So, I mean, it's clear, and I, I want to share a, uh, an experience, or, or several of our clients have said they, they think that uh, they're actually paying um, vendors and others by uh, the wire transfer uh, if they go in directly to the bank and log on. But what they're really doing is, yes, they're just registering for the vendor to be paid and provided the information, but the vendor actually receives a check. Right, from and the so, bank. So it's still a check, but it's from the bank. Yes. And uh, so the checks are not, they're here to stay for quite a while, I think, in the U.S. And actually, yeah. if you're going, if the bank is going to send a check, it's much better for you to do it yourself. You have you have control then over when it's mailed, when it gets there. You With the bank, you never know. When is yeah. it sent? Yeah. When does it come back? And so... Your control is lost. So when it comes to authority of the account, who who should have authority on the account and, and uh, what are their responsibilities? Well, the, the authority here, we call them the signers and there, there needs to be an officer at least. And you need to think about that be, because it's, it's a position of trust. And, and also the signers, when making changes to the bank account, the signers need to be in the bank and usually together, all of the signers. So if you're going to be in Sweden... And there's going to be a, a change needed to the bank. You, you've got to consider that. Yeah. And also with your employees. You know, here in the U.S., the employees are can quit with no notice. And it's an at-will employment. So it, it, that becomes very difficult. We've seen situations where the employee is terminated or leaves the company, and now we're trying to make a change at the bank, and we need that person in the bank. And we, you're not going to get a terminated employee back in the bank. Yeah. What do you need to think about and what are the questions you need to ask when um, deciding, um, you know, or choosing what bank to work with? I think the number one, the number one thing to talk about is the online capabilities. And, and do they truly mean direct payments or do they mean they'll send a check themselves? And then what is the security with their online? Do they have, do they offer dual authority? Do they offer a token 
type service where you're going to put a code in, and, which is much more secure. And then very important here is the customer service. With some of the, the smaller mid-sized banks, you'll actually get a banker that you can speak to, that you can call directly as opposed to a telephone service where you may or you may not find help. I've spent hours recently on the phone. And how, how about, that? I mean, I, I find too, Vicki, we've discussed this many times, but just dealing with the bank and their staff here sometimes that I think in my mind, you have to expect for um, the bank personnel to maybe not be as understanding of uh, what foreign uh, people and companies are used to. And I, I think we had a interesting uh, conversation, oh, you had an interesting conversation the other day. Uh, maybe you want to share with uh, the, the type, the level of questions we sometimes encounter? Right. Most times when I go to the bank, the people there are unfamiliar with any sort of foreign transaction. And, and when doing a wire the other day, the, the banker asked me, what country is the UK? So there you go. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode of Skybridge Insights. And thank you, Vicky for uh, joining us today and sharing your experience. I have been your host, Annette Gustafson Gunther, and if you would like to listen to more episodes, uh, you can't right now. This is our first one, uh, but we will be back very soon to talk about more important topics and strategies for specifically uh, Swedish-owned entities in the U.S. And uh, for more information about Skybridge and uh, Skybridge Insights uh, podcast, please visit us at www.src.us.com. Thank you. Bye-bye.